0: hello 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 and welcome to another episode of samuels versus schlanger i'm leighton samuels i'm leighton schlanger and we have more covid news surprise that's absolutely right we do in fact have more covid news um at this point like what like what what does it feel like like does it this is this doesn't even surprise me at this point like like we got this news that the las vegas raiders were going to put Their entire offensive line on the reserve COVID list. And we also have, what was the other one? We have Joey Sly and uh, one other guy on the Carolina Panthers going to the reserve COVID list. That's a lot of guys going to the reserve COVID list in one day. You're absolutely right. And at this point, we have come to expect it. It is a part of the NFL season in a really strange way that I feel like it was never quite a part of say the baseball season. Like when when these teams were going down with COVID in baseball, they were going down. They were no longer a part of the season for like a bit. And it was a really strange phenomenon. But it only happened to 3 teams. Now in the NFL, it's it's become a part. It's just like, "Oh yeah, yeah yeah, that guy's going on the reserve COVID list. They'll be back. It's fine." Um like at this point, you know, I'm I'm hoping for the best. Oh, absolutely so am I. Like we're just hoping that these players stay healthy and that we know that they are getting the best possible professional medical care that they possibly can. Um and we are just hoping that they stay healthy. I mean, what else are we going to do? I mean, it's it's a weird strange feeling because to be perfectly honest, of course, I'm a football fan. I'm happy that we still have football. It's great, but you know something could be something could be done better. You know, I don't know what it is. I'm not a, a league official or anything, but it, it this can be better. And it, it's it's be, it's come to the point where we've become callous to COVID. Um, which I think is is kind of a dangerous mindset when you think about it. It's it like we, we are becoming numb to a deadly virus that is being contracted by professional football players and could potentially impact, you know, not just the short term of their careers, but the long term of their careers or their entire lives. And yeah, that sucks. And that is scary, um, especially for them and especially for their families. But... It is our job to continue. For as long as the NFL keeps treating this as normal, we have to keep treating it as fantasy news as well. So we will analyze a little bit, especially with the uh, Vegas Raiders whole offensive line. Like how can we not um, at least uh, throw in some fantasy analysis if some of them have to miss or all of them have to miss. So we will hit that. We have a lot of football to hit because guess what? We had a Thursday night game. So uh, we get to recap that. Uh, We also get to hit some teams and some players that we did not have time to hit on Tuesday. Get a little more fantasy analysis in there. And then we, of course, are going to close out the Friday episode, just like we always do, with our flex picks. That's right, baby. That way I can tell you how wrong you were on Tuesday when you were wrong about everything. You can try, my friend. But first, hit that drop. I hate this drop. This is the drop. This is the drop. This, this is the, drop. Is the drop. Samuels versus Schlager. Oh, this is gonna be brutal. So sweet. We are going to kick off this segment with the Thursday night recap between the riveting Philadelphia Eagles and the arousing New York football giants. I'm so glad. So glad that you clarified that we were talking about the football Giants and not the New York baseball Giants. Well, you know, maybe some of our listeners were born before the year uh, ooh, 1957. 1957 was the last time we had the New York baseball Giants. So why? Why in God's good name would you be bringing up the New York Baseball Giants. I, I didn't bring up the New York Baseball Giants. I was saying we were talking about the New York Football Giants. Ah, you are so infuriating. I know. I love it. So, the New York Football Giants, led by the one, the only Danny Dimes. I'm going to call him Danny Feats. Danny Feats. Danny Feats. That's never going to catch on. Well, if I start saying it, other people might. Danny Feats got you 99.2 points just just with his feats. Um, he almost got you like nine like 16 points with his feats, but he was tackled by the paint on the 10-yard line and um didn't quite make it into the end zone. Yeah, and you know, he he made up for it by tossing a touchdown pass. So it's not you lost two points from that. And if you're starting Daniel Jones, um you are frankly just happy to have gotten the 22 fantasy points that you got from him. Um a good day for Daniel Jones. Um a decent day for quite a few of these these New York Giants posi- uh, skill position players. Um He's in this first game back, and Sterling Shepard got you 17.9 fantasy points, while Darius Slayton only got you 4.3 fantasy points. What do you make of this with your New York football giants? Well... Okay, for one, Sterling Shepard, we knew that he was going to have value in the preseason. We just also knew that Darius Slayton wasn't going away, that Golden Tate would probably have some value. Um, Golden Tate caught a touchdown in this. Um, We knew that uh, Evan Ingram was going to be hogging targets. So we knew that Sterling Shepard was good. We just didn't know which games he was going to be good in. And with Darius Slay shadowing Darius Slayton... Um, yeah, Sterling Shepard had his opportunity to shine. So did Evan Ingram. Uh, Golden Tate actually didn't do much outside of his touchdown pass, but if you happened to start Golden Tate, I don't know really why you would in anything less than like a 14-team league. Um, but hey, (laughs) New York Giants pass catchers doing their thing, but not just the pass catchers. I mean, you got Wayne Gallman getting you 16.4 fantasy points um, and Devontae Freeman was, was knocked out with an injury, so, so that was all, all Gallman, and, and here's the thing, I can't imagine that anyone was starting Wayne Gallman after he got zero rush attempts, uh, last week, um, but Deion Lewis coughed up a fumble, and Devontae Freeman got injured, and here's the thing, it's not like Wayne Gallman really had a ton of opportunity, he just, ran for a touchdown. He only averaged 3.4 yards per carry. only ran the ball 10 times. Um, He did catch all five of his targets, so he did get 15 total touches, which is good. Like, you're kind of aiming for that with a starting running back, but again, it is the Giants. Like, if Devontae Freeman misses time, sure, Wayne Gallman has a little bit of value, but I think it goes back to the pre-Devontae Freeman days, where it's just a Wayne Gallman-Deon Lewis split, and it's just fun for no one. You know what I think is hilarious? What do you what could you possibly think is hilarious about anything involving the New York Football Giants, especially Daniel Jones being tackled by the paint on the 10-yard line. <laughs> that is funny. Um I think it's funny that they 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 got Evan Ingram two carries, not one. They schemed two carries for Evan Ingram one of which went for seven yards and one of which went for negative four yards so you know with with mixed results but like they I think they're sick of Evan Ingram not getting the ball he led the team in targets plus he had two carries like they know he is one of their playmakers and I know he has struggled up to this point but I think brighter days are ahead for Evan Ingram uh the Giants have been so close to winning so many games it's actually really uh, it's it, it's it's kind of sad for them. It it really kind of is because they're they've been more fun to watch than we have all expected. Um speaking of fun to watch, what do you think about those Philadelphia Eagles? Well, Carson Wentz decided to show up to play a game of football. <laughs> what else would they be playing? Baseball? No, no, no. You, gosh. We're going to be making this joke the whole episode and everyone's going to get tired of it. Carson Wentz 27.4 fantasy points. A lot of this is also done with his legs, not just Danny Feats. We got Carson Weintz, Weintz, Feats. I couldn't think of anything off the top of my head. That was sad. Yes, it was. Um, but he gets you 14 yards and a touchdown on the ground in addition to throwing for 359 Yards. I mean, Carson Wentz was working. He had to pull off an, an, a a two touchdown for uh, fourth quarter comeback, and he made it happen. Um, the prime beneficiary of that was once again Travis Fulgham, who well. <laughs> Not fully beneficiary, he caught less than half of his targets. Um, Richard Rodgers actually led the team in receiving yards, um, which honestly just goes to show you how valuable both Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz can be once they are back from injury. And I know, I know, it's tough to keep holding on to Zach Ertz and to keep hoping that he will get better, but Dallas Goddard might be back next week, and I think he takes this job back from Richard Rodgers and. It's Philadelphia Eagles tight ends. Like, you start them when they're there. Richard Rodgers gets you a total of 14.5 fantasy points, and you will take that out of the tight end position every single time. Like I said, Travis Fulgham still led the team in targets. He's the pass catcher that you want. The Sean Jackson was back for this. He was um, he was knocked out of the game uh, for at least a bit after taking a brutal hit while, while, uh, receiving a punt, um, so Deshaun Jackson's out for the foreseeable future, um, Alshon Jeffrey, the Eagles are clearly trying to trade him, so Travis Fulgham, get him on your team if, if he's still available, which he probably isn't at this point, um, but he could carry a lot of value. Greg Ward has all but disappeared. Um, Although Greg Ward did have a decent game uh, scoring you 15.2 fantasy points, but he did catch a touchdown pass, uh, which Travis Fulgham did not. So, and it's 11 targets to six targets. Like I will take the 11 targets every single time. As far as ball carriers, uh, what do you think of this mess? Well, it's It's not much of a mess. Like, we thought that it would be a mix of Boston Scott and Corey Clement, but it was Boston Scott. And a part of that, I think, was the Eagles found themselves playing from behind early in the third quarter and needed to catch up. Boston Scott got you five targets, three receptions, 46 yards, and a touchdown on that. Um, Boston Scott, he's your guy. For as long as as Miles Sanders is out, Boston Scott, which we all knew, because Boston Scott has done this before. He's averaged, I think over 16 fantasy points uh, when he is the quote-unquote lead back in Philadelphia. Uh, If you have him, I think you're starting him, uh, especially because next week the Eagles will be playing the Dallas Cowboys. And if Miles Sanders ain't back, Boston Scott might be a top 10 play with just how terrible the Dallas Cowboys defense is. So sweet. I think that about covers the Thursday night game, don't you? Oh yeah. No, I think we did great on that. Um let us go ahead and we have a we have a we have an episode sponsor um who is not paying us. Like we're still not getting paid to do this thing. Um do you want to hit this live read? I do and we are actually getting it in the middle of the episode. This is amazing. We're not waiting until the end. So actually, you know what? I I'm going to have you take this one. Oh, okay. Um fine. Putting me to work. Okay, here we go. Do you love fantasy football? Do you often find yourself conflicted about who to start every week? Do you sometimes wish you could be two people at the same time? We know how you feel. You should try Samuels vs. Schlanger. Listening to just two episodes of Samuels vs. Schlanger each week will help you find perspective both on and off the fantasy football field when you realize, man, at least I'm not as dysfunctional as this guy. So subscribe now and receive that instant boost of self-confidence from acknowledging that your id and ego get along way better than these two guys. The best part is, if you use the promo code SVS, you'll get 20% off the free bi-weekly subscription. That's right, 20% off something that is already free. Samuels vs. Schlanger. Tricks are for kids. <laughs> I guess our copywriter got, um, got a little lazy there at the end. <laughs> yeah, um, we are not a serial, um, and we definitely would not change our shape away from a bunch of unique shapes and turn us into a bunch of shapeless spheres. Did you just throw shade at Trick Serial? I sure did. I don't know why they ever changed the shapes. The shapes were great. Why would you change to interesting shapes and just become spheres? That's so boring. <laughs> wow. Okay, Um. we are not a... Uh... <laughs> We are not a serial um, podcast, and we are also um, apparently our own sponsors today, which I didn't know that was possible, so that's cool, right? I guess so. Um, I'm going to choose not to think about it. We are going to move on. We are going to cover a few of those players and teams we did not get to on Tuesday, starting with the Indianapolis Colts, and their lead running back, Jonathan Taylor, and the whole... Boy, um, like, what do you do with this guy? He is, he's the strangest anomaly of a player that I have encountered in a long time. Like, he's not bad. He got you 15.5 points this week, this past week. He got you 15.4 points the week before, 8.9 before that, like, 13.3. Like, he's, he's a high floor, but, like, his ceiling is his floor like how does that even happen like this is a guy who is guaranteed to get you somewhere between nine and 16 points no more no less like what do you what do you make of that like how do you how do you move forward i mean being comfortable with jonathan taylor as your rb2 well first of all First of all, you have to be comfortable with the fact that you got him, you know, not late in drafts per se, but, like, you got him at around the RB2 region, and that's what he's returning right now. He's returning on RB2 value, which I would say is just, like, consistency. Like, a high-floor player is an extremely underrated asset in the game of fantasy football whenever, like, a sub... A a, a single-digit fantasy point game from an RB2 spot can ruin your week. But, like, how can you feel good about him only reaching what we suppose is his floor when he has faced teams like the Bengals, the Jets, the Browns? Like, these are not solid run defense, especially the Jets. Like Like, he should have destroyed the Jets. You're supposed to reach your ceiling against the Jets. And his ceiling against the Jets... Was was friggin' oh god, how many points did he score against the Jets? I don't know why I did not have this up right here. He scored you 13.2 fantasy points against the Jets, and the worst part about it is he had a touchdown in that game. And touchdowns aren't the guarantee, so you're looking at 7.2 fantasy points without a touchdown. Like, are you kidding? That was against the Jets. That was also that was also four weeks ago, and he was still. Getting accustomed to the offense. He had put up 20.5 fantasy points before that in Minnesota. He had that breakout game. We were so thrilled. It was going to be Jonathan Taylor time. But, like, this is frustrating, bro. I'm going to tell you why, though. I'm going to tell you why you should hang on to him and hang on hope. And if anything, if someone is is disgruntled with Jonathan Taylor, like like Schlanger is over here, well, I don't have him on my team. So, well, if you did have him on your team, and you were a disgruntled team owner, and, he, and someone like Schlanger is in your league, I might try to get Jonathan Taylor. Why? Why would you possibly want Jonathan Taylor, who has proved that his ceiling is like 15 fantasy points? Because, like... Indianapolis might have the easiest schedule over the course of the rest of the season, especially as far as defensive go. Defenses go, there was only between now and week sixteen, which you might have to do from some math, but that's like nine weeks, eight weeks um, between now and week sixteen. There was only one team that that has a defense ranked better than twenty second in the league in defensive DVOA. And that is week nine against Baltimore, which obviously you might not want to start Jonathan Taylor in week nine against Baltimore, who just got Yannick Ngakwe to make their defense even better. Insane, insane Baltimore defense. But we're talking about fantasy here, and we're talking about Jonathan Taylor. He is facing the Texans twice, He's facing, the the best defense that he faces is Tennessee, and they're the ones who are the 22nd ranked defense in the league, and he faces them twice, and plus, he gets Houston in week 15. That's the beginning of some of your fantasy uh, playoffs, and, and as we established on Tuesday, you want to play your running backs against Houston. Like, his schedule is so easy. It's Detroit. It's, it's, oh my god, like, just... You feel good. It got Green Bay. Green Bay is giving up the most running back points right now uh in fantasy. Like yeah. Yeah, I feel good about that. I feel good. You should try to buy low on Jonathan Taylor if their owner is disgruntled with him. I want to I think that I think that you're wrong. I like I I think that that is Jonathan Taylor's ceiling and I do, I do not think you should overspend on Jonathan Taylor. But I want to talk about another guy briefly who I have not heard. I, I listen to a couple of fantasy football podcasts myself. Um, Samuels does too. We talk about the ones that we listen to. And neither of us have heard the name Marcus Johnson show up in any of them. And we might have just been like not listening too hard. But like this is a guy who has only been active for the past three weeks this season. And his targets have gone from 1 to 3 to 8 for Indianapolis. His snap percentage has gone from 47% to 54% to 63%. So, like, is he a guy in Indianapolis that we want to look at? Because Indianapolis pass catchers have been a disappointment to say the least. I mean... You, yes, his his snap percentage and his targets are going up every single week, and obviously he had a very good week um, this past week. But you know Zach Pascal and T Y Hilton are on the are on the field for ninety four percent of snaps at least uh, over the past three weeks. So like they're the top two wide receivers no matter what, um, and you want to be on the field so that you can have opportunities to catch the ball. And I don't know if Marcus Johnson is on the field enough to, to warrant even looking at. This, this guy, Marcus Johnson, and I might blow your mind with this, Samuels. I highly doubt that since I'm the one that did all this research. But I'm still going to blow your mind. Over the past three weeks, he has outscored T.Y. Hilton and Zach Pascal. And he has not even caught a touchdown pass. Marcus Johnson has been their best fantasy-wide receiver over the past three weeks, and that includes the first week he was active in which he had one target. Like, I don't know. Like, sometimes Phillip Rivers is just a weird quarterback, and and you don't know. But, like, I'm not saying that you should all rush to the free agent pool and pick up Marcus Johnson. Um, I know if if you're looking in Yahoo!, Marcus Johnson is still available in how many leagues? I'm pulling it up right now. He is available in 99% of leagues. So I don't think you need a rush to pick him up. They're on a bye week anyway. But like, I just think it's so interesting. And I think it points more to the fact that T.Y. Hilton is having one of the most disappointing seasons for an extremely talented wide receiver that we could possibly be seeing from him. Moving on to the next team. I think that's actually, that's some wonderful analysis. Uh, I don't think Marcus Johnson is a thing, but it is certainly something to think about. Um, In Detroit, we now have a a little star running back alert. We have DeAndre Swift, who picks up 27.3 fantasy points in this game. Uh, that that he played on Sunday, like is this is this the beginning of something? Are you just gonna keep tossing up these volleys to me because I am loving this? I will go through all of the fantasy analysis while all you do is ask me questions. Um, yeah, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you keep rolling. You're on a roll right now, so yeah, hit it, DeAndre Swift. What do you think? I think. Sell him. Sell him right now. I know we actually just sold him. We are proud owners of Austin Eckler, and we were not able to get Justin Jackson. So we traded DeAndre Swift this week for Justin Jackson, and I I am very happy um, with the fact that we were able to get Justin Jackson, who will be great, I think, over the next four or five weeks until Austin Eckler comes back. Um, And then I have Austin Eckler's handcuff. I am happy with that. DeAndre Swift, this is the very first game this season that he has had more than five rushes. What? Had the, there's, no, there's no way. He has been semi-fantasy relevant. How has he only had... Wow, yeah, no, that is... That's right. In week two, he had five rushes against Green Bay. He had zero rushes against Arizona. Four against New Orleans. Like, I... This is the first time he's had more than five rushes this season, and he's also been averaging four targets